I speak to you this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My yard looks awful. It really does. I, I would love to tell you that it's because of all of the storms, and all of the rain, and all of the dead trees and limbs that are down, and that's true to a certain extent, but I think the principal source of the awfulness of the yard is the slothfulness of the owner of said yard. I was doing a count when I was showering this morning and as near as I could figure, I have about 12 oak trees in my yard, seven or eight in the back and three or four in the front. Uh, the reason I can't get the numbers, there's one in the back that seems to be one in the ground, but pretty quickly it becomes two and they're both about this big around. So I don't know if that's one or two but uh, I'm, I'm not an arborist, so I just declare seven or eight in the backyard. Uh, as a young man, I had uh, two options when limbs were down in our yard. Uh, the first option was to pick up those limbs. Uh, the second option was to get smacked in the back of the head by my dad until I picked up those limbs. So I did it. I picked up sticks. Uh, now that I am an older man... And, uh, and, and not only picking up sticks, now that I'm picking up the tab for things, I like when weather comes and knocks the dead limbs out of my trees so I don't have to pay somebody with a bucket truck and a pole saw, a pole, pole saw, I don't know what that is, <laughs> a pole saw to get the dead limbs down. Um, some of you have heard me tell this story before. My best friend, uh, in Sumter, where I grew up, Mark Ard, we were eight days apart in age, and he lived one door down from me, and we spent most of our childhood together, and uh, our neighborhood was in an old pecan grove, um, and, and the pecan trees were lined up in both directions, and most people had two in their yard, some had four, depending on how the, the neighborhood shook out. The neighborhood was built in probably the 50s or the 60s, but the pecan trees were older, but uh, they were messy. They were old pecan trees that were dying. And I remember one time my dad uh, hired Mark and me to pick up all the sticks. And he offered to pay us like a nickel or a dime per stick. And uh, we had one pecan tree in the front yard and one in the back. And I took the backyard and Mark took the front. And we worked really, really hard. And when it was all said and done, he had his pile of sticks and I had mine. And we called my dad out to tally up the money and dad counted, I'm sure he didn't, but pretended to count and looked down. And when it was all said and done, I had about three or four bucks. Mark had like 12 or 14 bucks. He had three times as many sticks as I did, even though his pile was the same size. And we took our pay and dad went on his way. And I asked Mark, I said, Mark, how did you get so much more money than I did? And he said, Ken, you're an idiot. Your dad was paying us per stick. I said, yeah. He said, so once I got all my sticks in a pile, I just broke them a little bit more. <laughs> Mark runs a very successful business in Sumter right now that does really well. Even as a seven-year-old, he was possessed of, as I say, a superior business mind to his friend, Ken Weldon. Today's gospel lesson talks about Trunks and limbs and vines and branches. Look at it with me, if you will. Our gospel lesson from John. It's one of my favorite lessons in all of Scripture. 
I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me, Jesus tells us. The first thing that this gospel lesson does is it tells us who God is and who we are. If you look at verses 4 and 5, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. It's important for us to remember that God is the vine and we are the branches. The vine gives life and the branches bear fruit. That's how vines and branches work. That's how trees and limbs work. The limb can provide uh, acorns to plant new trees. It provides leaves which are beautiful and give shade. But once it's dead and on the ground, it provides nothing except a means for young boys to choose between nickels per stick or getting smacked in the back of the head. But it tells us who God is and who we are. The second thing is look at verses 9 and 10. Verses 9 and 10. This gospel lesson tells us the relationship between us and God. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. See, it, this is the reason that we have the vine and the branches is we're called to abide in God's love. We were built for, created to abide in God's love, to find our place, if you will, there. I looked up in my handy-dandy Webster's Dictionary what it means to abide, and I have to confess that uh, there's some kind of a magic force that keeps going to my dictionary and making the font smaller every few months because <laughs> I could read it just easily when I was in high school, and now i got to get bigger glasses and hold it even further away. The print is minuscule. But abide, the definitions are great. The first one that I like, it said to remain stable or fixed in a certain state. To abide means to remain stable or fixed in a certain state. And then the second definition that I like was to continue in a place. Friends, our state of being, our state of wellness, our state of existence is to reside and abide in the love of Christ. That's what we were created for. It is the place to continue in a place. It is the place that we are called to exist. Resting in the love of Christ. Abiding in the love of Christ. Some of you will remember from the old prayer book, a prayer we used to say, and I love it. It's the place where we live and move and have our being. As the people of God, we are called to abide in the love of Christ. The third thing that Jesus gives us is in verse 11. And that is the reason for this abiding. The reason for this relationship. Verse 11, he says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Friends, our joy comes from outside of us, something that wells up in us from outside. If we're seeking happiness in an earthly way, we can find that occasionally. If we're seeking amusement or distraction, we can find that 
from time to time, but joy comes from the outside and isn't dependent on circumstance. It is stable or fixed, as the definition of abide says, in a certain state. If our happiness and our amusement come from exterior circumstances, we're always going to be struggling because life is hard. But if our joy comes from a certain place rooted in the love of Christ, we can find the stability there of the oak tree, not just the limbs, some of whom make it on some days, others of whom fall. Uh, I was out of my shed the other day and a limb came down, a small one, and a squirrel was on it. He came down right beside me. And I'm sure he wondered, what is going on? He wasn't close enough to the trunk. He was getting out into the dead area. we got to stay rooted to the vine because that's where life comes. Life comes from the vine. Life comes from the root, from the trunk. The other thing that I think it's important is he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. See, friends, our joy is never going to be complete in this life unless it's the joy that comes from the Lord, that his joy would be in us so that our joy will be full. It's like in Paul's letters, the Apostle Paul writes letters to various churches. And one of the things he says over and over again is, uh, I pray that I might be with you in order that I might encourage you. He has to be present with them to fully encourage them. The two are connected. He can write a letter of encouragement, but his prayer is to be with them in order to encourage them. Jesus wants his joy to be in us so that our joy may be and finally there's the charge in verse 16 look at verse 16 down towards the bottom of that lesson it says you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide our job is to go out and love one another to share the love of Christ with our friends with our family with our neighbors with the world, these things I command you, Jesus says, not recommend to you, I command you so that you will love one another. Friends, Jesus Christ desires that his joy would be in us. In Christ, there is life and there is joy. Apart from Jesus Christ, life, death, and resurrection, we can do Nothing trapped in our own sins. We cannot save ourselves any more than a dead branch in your yard can reattach itself to the tree. It cannot do it. Apart from God's saving grace, we are nothing. And apart from that, our joy will never be anything but a fleeting earthly happiness that comes and goes with the tides and the winds of life. Brothers and sisters, apart from the love of Christ, we are not who God has made us to be. He is the vine. We are the branches. Abide in the love of Christ. Abide in the love of Christ. Remain stable and fixed in that certain state. Continue in that place. 
It is the state we were created to be in. It is the place where we are home. Apart from it, we are sticks in the yard. We are sticks in the yard. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.